I'm Andrew O'Hagan, host of a new podcast from the London Review of Books. It's about the bloodiest and most controversial event of the Falklands War, the sinking of the General Belgrano. Margaret Thatcher was accused of a war crime. The truth would only emerge in the pages of a private diary. This is the Belgrano Diary. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the London Review of Books podcast. You can unlock the entire LRB archive for free for 24 hours by visiting lrb.co.uk forward slash open. In December, after Wired magazine published the story about Craig Wright possibly being Satoshi Nakamoto, Gavin Anderson, Bitcoin's core developer, told the magazine he'd never heard of Craig Wright. But he began to believe in Wright once he started corresponding with him by email in early April. At one point, Wright sent him two emails, one written in his own Craig Wright way and another one, with essentially the same content written as Satoshi would have written it. They discussed maths and the history of the invention and the problems it had faced. Within a week, Anderson was sufficiently convinced to get on a plane to London. He was ready to see Wright sign a message to him using the original Satoshi cryptographic keys. At this point, I began talking to Anderson. He told me he had written an email to Wright before getting on the plane, asking for a little more of his backstory and for his thoughts on the state of Bitcoin in 2016. He replied with a longish email, Anderson told me, on the state of Bitcoin and why he decided to reveal his secret now, then followed up with a couple of in-progress research papers. The email sounded like the Satoshi I worked with, and the papers matched his academic, math-heavy voice too. Anderson crossed the Atlantic overnight, arriving at the Covent Garden Hotel at 11am on the 7th of April. He went to his room, which had been booked as had his flight by Encrypt, and had two hours sleep, after which McGregor and Matthews turned up. They gave me a lot of the background and explained their involvement, Anderson told me. When Wright turned up at the hotel, Anderson found it easy to talk to him, although I was so jet-lagged at one point, he wrote. I had to stop him from diving deep into a mathematical proof he'd worked out related to how blocks are validated in Bitcoin. Matthews had booked a conference room in the basement, and McGregor could see that Wright was very emotional when he entered the room. He knew this was it, McGregor said to me. It's one thing to prove his identity to you and me, but the Bitcoin community is something else. He knew that they would believe Gavin. He knew this was it, that he would have no plausible deniability after he talked to Gavin and shown him the keys. Before the meeting in the basement properly started, Anderson said to McGregor, as he said to me, that some of the phrases Wright had used in their email exchange had been familiar to him. He sounded like the Satoshi he had been in contact with before. Anderson asked McGregor and Matthews a few questions about what Encrypt hoped to achieve with this in the future. They didn't go into detail about the company's business plans, but they spoke about the future of Bitcoin and alternative projects. Wright and Anderson quickly started scribbling on pieces of paper. 
Wright was using his big laptop to show his access to certain addresses. It was a strange situation in all sorts of ways, and the main one, perhaps, was that Anderson, who had, once upon a time, left behind a high-paying job to work on the Bitcoin project for free, was possibly about to meet his hero. But he stuck to practical questions. He asked Wright about the trust and about his Bitcoin holdings and what had happened to them. McGregor later told me that his first question after Matthews told him that Wright was Satoshi was, well, why isn't he sitting on an island surrounded by piles of gold? Wright became quite relaxed. He explained what it had cost him to keep his companies alive and to pay for research and development, and the supercomputer. It was about 5.30pm when he finally logged on to his laptop to do for Anderson what he'd done for me in his office at home sign a message with the key and have it verified. Anderson looked on. Wright had just used Sadoshi's key. At that point, it seemed to some of those in the room that Anderson's body language had changed. He seemed slightly awed by the situation. He reached over to his bag and took out a brand new USB stick and removed it from its wrapping. He took out his laptop. I need to test it on my computer he said. He added that he was convinced, but that if people were going to ask him, he had to be able to say that he checked it independently. He pointed to Wright's laptop and said it could all have been preloaded on there, though he knew that was unlikely. But he had to check on his own computer, and then they would be done. He said the key could be used on his laptop and saved to the memory stick and that Wright could keep it. But for his own peace of mind, and for due diligence, so there wasn't a chance of fraud, he had to see it work on a computer that wasn't Wright's own. Wright suddenly balked. He had just signed a message to Anderson from Satoshi, he said, and had demonstrated his complete familiarity with their correspondence, but in his mind, what Anderson was now asking for was of a different order. I had vowed, Wright told me, never to show the key publicly and never to let it go. I trusted Anderson, but I couldn't do it. Wright got up from the table and started pacing. He had clearly believed he would be able to get through the proof session without this. In fact, he'd said in my presence several times over the preceding months that he would never hand the key over to anyone or allow it to be copied or used in someone else's machine. I do not want to categorically prove keys across machines, he wrote to me in an email. To him, this would be to give Satoshi away and perhaps to dilute his own proclaimed connection to him. He went to a chair in the corner of the room and looked up at Anderson. Maybe you and I could get to know each other better, he said. Anderson just nodded his assent. Like trade more emails, Wright said, and I can sign more messages to you. At this point, Matthew's blood ran cold. It was the only time during all the years that I thought, Jesus Christ, has he been spinning us the whole time? McGregor too felt this was a very risky moment. He glanced at Matthews. There was no way he was going to let Anderson get back on the plane with that as a punctuation mark. They all felt Wright's behaviour was ludicrous. He demonstrated that he was Satoshi and only had to let this be verified on Gavin's laptop. End of story but Wright spoke to me later in a way that showed his old cypherpunk suspicion had reared its head. 
What if Gavin was a plant? What if the whole thing was a plot to rob him of Satoshi's keys and exploit him or deny him? Wright told me he felt strong-armed and that, for some reason, he couldn't let this thing go and remain himself. Afterwards, Anderson was sanguine. The proof session took longer than expected, he told me. I insisted that the verification happen on a computer that I was convinced hadn't been tampered with, and they, Wright, Matthews and McGregor, insisted that the signed message never touch a computer that could have been tampered with. The risk would be that the proof might leak out before the official announcement. So we waited a bit while an assistant went to a computer shop and got a brand new laptop. The idea had been McGregor's. He said the tension in the room was unbelievably high. Wright was refusing to do the one thing that would guarantee the success of his mission. He hadn't seen it coming, but Anderson wouldn't blindly trust Wright's hardware, and Wright wouldn't blindly trust Anderson's. The solution had to be a fresh computer straight out of the box. McGregor called his assistant and gave her the task. This is how you get your one, he said to her. In his company, the best score you could get in a staff appraisal was a one. It was just before 6pm on a Friday night and they needed a brand new laptop in Covent Garden. The assistant got hold of one and rushed over from Oxford Circus to the hotel. The new laptop was lifted out of the box. It took a while to connect it to the hotel's Wi-Fi and to load the basic software. During all that time, Anderson told me, it was obvious Craig was still, even then, deeply hoping his secret identity could remain secret. It was emotionally difficult for him to perform that cryptographic proof. It was tense, and there was a bit of shouting. There were a few drops during the day about the evil businessman in the room, McGregor said. He stopped short of accusing Gavin of having a key logger, but he clearly wasn't going to do it. He said he had trust issues and he'd been attacked and it had been so long. He just couldn't bring himself over the line today, but they should keep talking. And Gavin was willing to do that, but we were like, no, no, no. I remember what I said. I said, look, Craig, You've just been alone for way too long. Gavin has dedicated a huge chunk of his life to what you invented. I think he has the right to see this. He's the friend you don't have. Stefan and I can't fill that role for you. Your wife Ramona can't. This is someone who really understands what you've been trying to do. There were long silences. He was on the edge, McGregor said. Matthews was practically holding his breath. He didn't want to say too much out loud, so he texted McGregor. The text said, he should call Ramona. While McGregor was out of the room, Wright phoned his wife, and she said, do it. Everyone waited with bated breath as Wright used the new laptop to open the Satoshi wallet and set about signing a new message to Anderson. It failed. It wouldn't verify. He tried it again and again, until Anderson remembered that Wright hadn't typed CSW at the end of the message the way he had in the original, the one he was seeking to verify. When he put CSW at the end of his message to Gavin, it said, Verified. Wright had demonstrated on a brand new laptop that he held Satoshi's private key. 
They stood up and shook hands and Gavin thanked him for all he had done. There were tears in Wright's eyes. His voice was breaking, McGregor told me. Gavin could see he was going through something. Both McGregor and Matthews later said that Wright was turned inside out by the session. I didn't want to just put him in a taxi, McGregor said. Anderson was wiped out, so he went to get some fish and chips and then headed to bed. Craig broke down, McGregor told me. He said he thought he'd never have to do this. He said he never knew how to trust people in his life. Wright and Matthews and McGregor went off to find a bottle of wine. He was semi-apologising for being a pain in the ass, McGregor told me. But I understood more than ever, at that point, how hard the whole thing was for him. When I asked Anderson if he thought ending the Satoshi mystery might be good for the technology, he wasn't sure. On one hand, he said, having a mysterious founder is a great creation myth. People love a creation myth. Knowing the real story might make Bitcoin less interesting to people. On the other hand, money is supposed to be boring, something that just works, used by most people without understanding how or why it works. I'm excited to see how Craig contributes to making Bitcoin work even better than it does today. I later met with John Matonis, the former head of the Bitcoin Foundation, who had been through his own proof session with Wright. He was equally impressed and relieved. He too believed the search for Satoshi had come to an end, and he was looking forward to working with Wright, to seeing the patents and the new blockchain ideas. During our lunch in Notting Hill, Matonis suggested that this technology would change the world. One of the scientists said to me, This isn't Bitcoin 2.0. This is something magnificent that will change who we are. This is life 2.0. And Matonis agreed. The idea was now to use the proofs, the gathered papers, the testimonies of the two Bitcoin experts, the use of the keys, plus solid, document-heavy answers to every criticism previously made of right, and roll them out to selected members of the press on a certain day. I told McGregor and Matthews I didn't want to go first with the story. I wanted to sit in on the interviews and proof sessions with the media organisations and fold the reports and the response to the reports into my story. Wright began to fade as we entered the proof sessions. He went from being a man with a clear picture of himself to being a fuzzy screen. He would email me at all hours with a pressing sense of anxiety. He seemed to be losing it. Yet we all forged ahead to a conclusion that seemed much more conclusive to him than anything he had ever expected or could ever bear. He had signed up for it and was now faced with a full frontal assault of cameras and lights. I had once asked him if he felt happy hiding in the internet, and he said yes, it was his home. On a good day, it is the bright field that contains all souls, but on a bad day, it is the final darkness, where misery is gapingly exposed. I came to believe that Wright, this last year, was fighting for his soul on that plane, like Aeneas, with his ships at his back and all hell in front of him, going down to an underworld where he might meet his own father. Wright told me, without demur, that his life had been an attempt to prove himself to his father. In the wee small hours, 
He seemed like a child whose fantasy had gone too far. And the fantasy was not that he is Satoshi. He may well be Satoshi. The fantasy was that he could live as Satoshi and take his place among the great men and forget the little boy who was slapped for losing at chess. Like Aeneas, he knew that his journey was as much ordeal as opportunity, and though again like Aeneas, he had asked for it, the process was increasingly unendurable. It is easy to descend into Avernus, the Sibyl in Seamus Heaney's translation of Book 6 of the Aeneid tells Aeneas. Death's dark door stands open, day and night, but to retrace your steps and get back to upper air, that is the task, that is the undertaking. Only a few have prevailed, sons of gods whom Jupiter favoured, or heroes exalted to glory by their own worth. Thanks for listening. You can unlock the entire LRB archive for free for 24 hours by visiting lrb.co.uk forward slash open.